What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. As I prepared for this message, I thought to myself how good God is at orchestrating things in my life. You guys can sit. Um, I've been stirred for a while uh, to speak about this message that I'm going to talk about today. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. I kind of kept, if you want to say, arguing with God. (laughs) And I'm like, God, I don't have the time when I'm up there, you know, leading the the people into worship Um, and I kind of kept telling the Holy Spirit I'm not a preacher and I'm not a teacher Um, but for some reason the Holy Spirit just kept insisting I'm not giving this message to anybody else but to you never in a million years that I think I'd be standing here today before you guys doing exactly this um, versus you know leading in worship I was a little jealous of pastors up here today (laughs) but you know what when God calls you he's not concerned about your resume he's not concerned about your qualifications right when God places an assignment over your life he just wants a yes that's all God wants and then all you have to do is I'm walking out by faith God because I know that the ground that I stand on you've already walked before me amen So I want this message to be sort of dynamic. So if I ask questions, I want you guys to talk back to me. Don't leave me here alone. This is a scary place to be. (laughs) So don't leave me here alone. So this is your first question. When you think about worship, what are some thoughts that come to mind? And if you guys don't volunteer, I'm going to volunteer you. Okay? So what are some things that come to mind? When you think about worship, singing, what else? Music. Oh, okay. Pastor, you can't play. <laughs> okay, so singing. What else did you say? Music. Praise. Okay. Say that again. Bowing. Okay. All right. Those are good answers. See, more times than none, we think of worship as music, as instruments as singers, right? And nowadays, there's endless options when it comes to choosing a church home and a worship experience. Because there's a, there's a worship experience for everybody out there. Whatever your preference may be. If you like fast songs, there's gonna be a church that just does fast songs. And if you, if you enjoy slower songs, you know, there's gonna be a church out there for you. If you wanna take it back to the hymns, you're gonna find a church that does it all, right? And then you find churches that just have a combination of everything because they're all inclusive, right? See, that's a mindset that we have, that people have. And there's a problem with that mindset. So I want to be open and transparent with you all because this topic is very, very, very personal for me. So I can't stand here today and talk to you guys about this if I've never been in those shoes, right? See, I say that because for a very long time, I thought that worship was, you know, singing well, 
while being accompanied with very gifted and talented musicians. That's what I thought worship was. But my God is so good that he didn't leave me right there. He didn't leave me with that mindset. So today, I want to help somebody to break that mindset. And I want to show you the truth of worship. See, worship is not the music that we sing or play. Worship is not constrained to time. So it's not you know, constrained to the 15, 20, 30 minutes that we come here. Worship is not limited to the space that we meet in, right? It's not limited to just this dynamic right here. And it's not an act of being moved emotionally. Today, I want us to achieve a sincere heart of worship. So to do so, we're going to go to the book of Romans. And the book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul to address particular issues of concern to the Roman church. It was written during a time when the church was facing persecution. And in chapter 12, Paul writes about having total dedication to God in the midst of persecution. See, verses 1 and 2 portray what it means to live a life that is pleasing to God. And this was an issue that the church was having at the time. So we're going to go to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And the Word of God says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So based on the verses that we just read, there are three points gathered that will take us back to the heart of worship. The first point is to activate humility. See, the dictionary defines humility as a freedom from pride or arrogance. So in order to effectively worship, what do we have to do? We have to humble ourselves, right? In verse 1 of Romans 12, we are commanded to present our bodies, our life, our entire being as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is true and proper worship. So it doesn't say to sing eloquently. It doesn't say to, to you know, be a beast at playing an instrument. That's not what it says. It says to present our bodies as living sacrifices. And the problem we face, myself included, is that we crave control. So I'm just going to share a little bit about myself. <laughs> so for those that don't know, I hate planes. I hate flying. I love to travel. I don't, yeah, there's no logic behind that. My friends will tell you on a, on a daily, I get in my car and I'm looking out and I'm like, oh, it's a nice blue sky. The sun is out. It's clear. Today's a good day to fly. Mind you, I'm not going anywhere, but I just say that. Or if it's gloomy and it's raining, I'm like, today is not a good day to fly. And if I was, if I had a ticket, I'd be like, rain check. But do you know why I hate flying? Because I'm in a plane at 
30,000 feet. I didn't get wings, so therefore I don't know how to, you know, how to fly. But I'm not in control. I have to rely on somebody to take me to my destination. Mind you, I'm never in control of anything. Newsflash, we are not in control of anything. God is in control of everything. But we, we create these scenarios in our minds that I can control my life. Guys, I have to. Pastors will tell you, I've traveled with them. God bless them. I will throw a fit if I do not sit in a window seat. Because in my mind, I have convinced myself that if I am sitting in a window seat, I'm flying this plane. It is all under control. We are good to go. Right? See... In order for me to get to my destination, my destination, my purpose, my blessing, my deliverance, my peace, my joy, my promise, I have to humble myself and recognize that I don't know how to fly a plane, that I don't know it all, that I am not in control. In life, we have to humble ourselves before God because again, I am in control of nothing but he is in control of everything. See, he cannot work effectively if I don't allow him to. There has to be an action on my part. And that's the beauty of the God that I serve and the God that you serve. And if you don't serve him yet, the God that you will serve, amen. He's a well-mannered God that he doesn't just barge in he waits to be invited. But once he's invited, it's game over. <laughs> the enemy has to step aside. So now let's bring this back to a Sunday service, right? We walk in. We wait for the countdown to go down. We're instructed to stand. We read the lyrics off the screen. And you want to know what the, the funny thing about it all? Sometimes we don't know what we're saying. We're just reading the lyrics, but we have no idea what we're saying, right? And once the songs are over, we sit and we wait for the next part of the message, of the program. And the worship leader has to ask you to clap your hands, to jump, to sing, and even then you still don't do it. I've been there. So this isn't me coming after you guys, because I've been there. I know what it's like. See, we're concerned about checking off a religious duty to come to church on a Sunday. We're concerned about who's watching me. I don't want to raise my hand because my boot thing is right next to me and he might think that I'm just, what are you doing? Right? We're so concerned about who's next to us and who's around us that we're not concerned about the man upstairs. <laughs> so trust me, you know, we've lost sight of what worship is because we want to be in control. Trust me when I tell you this, when you let go and let God, I know you guys have heard that time and time again, but it's true. It's a simple principle. When you let go and you let God, we're going to stop having church. 
and the Holy Spirit is just going to take over and take control of your life, of your situation. I need you to understand that when we humble ourselves, that's when we experience healing, restoration, peace, marriages being restored, joy never ending, joy never ending, right? And fullness of life. But what do we have to do in order to do that? We have to humble ourselves, right? That leads me to the next point, which is activate faith. Faith, according to Hebrews 11.1 1 says, is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Faith is settled confidence that God will bring to pass his promises in the future, regardless of what you're seeing today. So then if we jump to verse 6, it then says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we can't come to God. We can't humble ourselves if we don't believe that he exists. Because we've never seen him. I've never seen him. These physical eyes have never seen Jesus. But I believe that he is real, right? Did you know that to seek God means to worship him? Not just praying, because you can talk to God all day, every day, and that's great, and I encourage you to do that. You need to do that. But to seek God is to worship him. I need you guys, I need that to sink in. There's a story that I really like in the Bible, and it's the story of Abraham, because it's a great example of faith in the midst of worship. In Genesis 22, God tests Abraham and tells him to go up a mountain and sacrifice his only son. Now, I want you to understand, Abraham had been wanting a child for many, 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 many years, right? And God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of nations. How can you be the father of nations if you don't have a child, if you don't have children, right? God didn't say you're going to be the father of a nation. God said you're going to be the father of nations. And now we see God telling Abraham, go up to, God gives him Isaac, and he says, go up to the mountain, right, and sacrifice your only son, Isaac. And what do you think Abraham did? I would have been like, no, no Jesus, right? But Abraham does as he's told. And in verse five, he says this to his servant, and this is powerful, and I need you all to catch this. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. So while I and the boy go to the mountain and we will worship. And then we will come back to you. So let me read that again. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So in other words, we're going to worship, we're going to humble ourselves, and we're going to come back to you. That's activated faith. He did not say, I'm going to come back to you. He said, we, my son and I, are going to come back to you. Abraham had a heart of worship. He knew that God would either spare Isaac's life 
or bring him back to life. So we need to understand that worship is completely selfless, completely selfish. But God has promised to reward us. So during worship, you might feel the urge to raise your hand, to jump, to sing, to get out of your seat. And it might feel uncomfortable and it might challenge you. And that's why you stop, right? God asked Abraham to do something that was uncomfortable, but he chose to do it anyways. And that's what the Holy Spirit is yearning from all of us, a true heart of worship that will be rewarded because God's promises prevail. Because the God that I serve is the same yesterday, is the same right now, and he's gonna be the same forever. But you know what? You gotta humble yourself and you have to activate your faith. And once we have those two down, then we have to go to our third point. We have to activate obedience. A heart of worship, in order to have a true heart of worship, we have to be obedient. So everything I've talked about, right? Activating humility, activating faith, it's in vain if we don't put into action through our obedience. James 2.22 says that faith and his actions are working together and his faith was made completely by what he did. So in other words, faith without works is nothing. So you can humble yourself and you can believe in God, but if you don't walk out in obedience, you have nothing. You have nothing. You're wasting your time. If Abraham had not carried out what God had asked him to do, his worship wouldn't have been completed. And I want you to understand something. The promises of God prevail over any situation, over any circumstance, because God never changes. So if he's promised you something, it's gonna come to pass. It's not a question of if, it's when. It's in you to determine how quickly and how long it will take for that promise to pass. God releases blessings and promises in a spiritual realm. So I'm gonna tell you guys what a spiritual realm is. The spiritual realm is what you don't see behind this screen, right? It's in the background. You're seeing this image here, but you're not seeing that there's a projector out there doing all the work. And that's how the spiritual realm works. God releases stuff because God is spirit, right? He releases blessings. He releases promises into that atmosphere. And you know they're there because you're whole, the Holy Spirit who is with you, who walks with you, who sleeps with you, who wakes up with you, knows that they have already been released, right? But it's up to you to receive them, to pull them into the physical realm. And how do you do that? How do you do that? Through sincere, humble, faith-filled, obedient worship. That's the only way that you can do it. So you came here today with questions 
God knows what went through your mind, right? But it's through worship. The answer to it all is a heart of worship. Again, Abraham could have prolonged the passing of his promise had he not acted in obedience. It would have shown God that Abraham believed that his plans were better than God's. And sometimes that's us. We think that our plans, that our ideas are better than God. Newsflash, they're not. Trust me, they are not. I've gone through heartache. I've gone through a lot of trouble. I've prolonged my promise for so long because I thought that my way was better than God's. So I want to ask you guys something. What happens to stagnant water? Do you guys know what stagnant water is? Stagnant water is a body of water that does not move. Do you guys know what happens to stagnant water? It creates disease. It creates malaria, which becomes the, greeting, the breeding ground for mosquitoes to carry out disease, right? A lot of us come to church, we come to Jesus, and we need him to intervene. You're here because you need Jesus. Or you're trying to find your purpose. God, why did you call me? Why am I here? And you're probably wondering, where is God in my life? Does he hear me? Does he even care? Why am I struggling so much? We have all these thoughts running through our minds, right? We can't allow the noise. We can't allow the negative thoughts, the doubt, the uncomfortable to keep us from the heart of worship. You have to move in obedience. You can't be stagnant water because you're not going to go anywhere because you're just going to fester in disease and in doubt and negativity and you're going to have a pity party. Why? Because you're not moving in obedience. See, that's where the enemy wants to keep you. You're not a threat to him when you're stagnant water. You're not. If anything, you're helping him transmit disease because how many of you like to be next to somebody who's down? who's negative. You don't, because it's contagious. It is. Don't be stagnant water. Don't be stagnant water. Worship is one of the biggest and strongest weapons that we have as Christians to obtain the victory, to defeat the enemy. So today, aren't you glad you're here today? I'm glad I'm here today because God has given you today, not tomorrow, today, the opportunity to humble yourself faithfully in obedience to God to obtain a heart of worship. That's why he brought you here today. That's why. He brought every single one of you here today. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience. But let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained 
only experience. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at myhopecenter. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.